I'd ask you to stand with me where you are and join me as we read scripture together. We're going to read three verses from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Starting in verse 9, it says, What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find what God has done from the beginning to the end. As we reflect over the past year, 2023, it's just a natural time. It's the final Sunday of 2023. And so we're looking back, but we're also looking forward as we're moving from 2023 into 2024. I want to take just a minute to challenge you as I have been challenged, as the Lord has been challenging me um, to be a little bit more aware of the work that he's doing and the story that he is writing all around me, sometimes even in the circumstances that I find myself in. Um, one thing that's true for me and probably the same thing is true for you, is that 2023 has been a year of change. Uh, there have been some changes that have taken place this year that I knew were coming. Uh, there were some other changes that took place this year that I did not know. I could not have predicted. Um, you know, the first weekend last year, the first weekend of 2023, I didn't know all that was in store, but there are some changes that I did know, you know, they were coming. Uh, as I look forward to this year, I think about uh, my son, Noah, uh, who is a senior and he'll graduate in May of this year and he will move out and he will go away to college. In fact, he's going to go about seven and a half hours away to go to college. And so we know that that's coming. Uh, and yet there are other changes coming that I don't particularly know about or understand. And so the question I want to ask you if, you, if you can just for a minute, think about the bigger picture, not all the details, not the things that you know or the things that you don't know, but just zoom out for a minute and think about 2024 and for what might be coming for you. Um, what do we do if we feel like 2024 moves us in the wrong direction? Uh, what do we what do we do when we feel like the changes that are happening um, are significant and in some ways permanent? They mark the end of one season and the beginning of a new season. I mean, that's what this weekend does for us. It marks the end of 2023 and we look forward to the beginning of 2024. Well, sometimes when you move from one season to the next, usually because of change, um, it's no fun. Sometimes you wonder if maybe this is the wrong direction. Uh, sometimes you lose something important. Uh, sometimes you lose someone important. We could tell stories, couldn't we? Uh, for us, uh, we know that this is the way that life works. And so we do our best to be faithful, which is great. That's what we're called to do as believers. We want to do our best to be faithful. And yet, uh, sometimes even in spite of our faithfulness, bad things still come. Bad things still happen. Uh, sometimes the new season is more painful than the old season was. Sometimes the change that comes doesn't necessarily feel like it's for the better. So how do you do that? Like, how do you navigate that? How, what's the right way for us to think about that? What is 
instead of your perspective or my perspective, what's God's perspective on that? There's actually uh, these past these verses in Ecclesiastes three uh, unpack this really well. Um, you know, tradition tells us, which I think is accurate. Tradition tells us uh, that Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, maybe somewhere around the year 935 uh, BC, which would mean that if, if that's the case, that probably within five or six years, uh, he would be dead. So this is toward the end of his life. You know, Solomon is known as the one who had wisdom. Uh, and it's not just that he had wisdom, which he did. He had an incredible amount of wisdom. He had truly supernatural wisdom. He had asked God for wisdom. God had chosen to give it to him. Uh, and so here's Solomon who had supernatural wisdom. And at this point, when he wrote these verses, um, he also had experience. And so those are the two things that we want, right? We want to have wisdom, but we also want to have experience. And sometimes you get wisdom from experience. Uh, sometimes you get wisdom from doing the wrong things and seeing how it plays out. And you learn to live a little bit more wise life. And so uh, at this point, Solomon has supernatural wisdom. Uh, he has life experience. And so he sits down and he pens these words, uh, really the book of Ecclesiastes, but specifically these verses really uh, give us an interesting insight into what we would call the meaning of life. Like, why are we here? And I love the way he started it there in verse 9 that we just read together. He says, what gain has the worker from his toil? <laughs> this is the same question that many of us ask ourselves, especially on Monday morning. You wake up and you're tired and you're, I don't, you know, I, I love my job, but I don't particularly feel like going to work. And so we ask, what's the point? Like, what's the reason for this? What He's not saying, by the way, that we shouldn't toil. He's not saying that. He's just asking us to define the benefit. What is the gain? He's not saying, oh, what's the use? That's not the tone here at all. It's, what's the benefit? And I think this is a good place for us to stop and reflect on the fact that the, the, the benefit of hard work isn't that hard work always equals happiness, that hard work always pays off or hard work always brings happiness because you and I could tell stories where that's not true. We know that's not always true. Uh, also, and this is unfortunate, sometimes lazy people wind up being happy also, right? In fact, sometimes lazy people wind up being the happiest people, and they avoided hard work at every turn, and yet everything worked out well for them. Well, that's unfair. So it's not that hard work always spells out happiness. You do gain something from hard work. It's just not what you think it is, and it's not what I think it is. Well, we work hard because it always pays off. Well, there's actually a bigger reason for working hard. There's a purpose to working when you're at work. There's a purpose to working when you're at home. And when I say working, I mean putting in the labor, putting in the sweat equity, doing the hard things, having the hard conversations. There's a purpose to it. There's a purpose to, to working on our home, not the physical home, although that too, but more specifically our families and our relationships and our marriages. Uh, there's a purpose to working on our church to try to improve things and try to make things better. There's a purpose to the toil. There's a purpose to the hard work. And he's going to unpack that now. Verse 10, 
He says, I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I've seen the toil that he's called us to. I've seen the burden, really. I've seen the burden that life is. And this is the way that God has arranged it. Here's what I would caution you to. You and I tend to think in terms like, I hope 2024 makes me more whatever. Fill in the blank. Healthy, wealthy, wise, whatever. Happy. I hope I have a chance to experience more. I hope I have a chance to gain more. I hope I have a chance to, to achieve more, right? Well, here's what I'm saying to you. You and I hope that we can achieve more. We hope that we can be more. Solomon was more in every sense of the term. He was more than you. He was more wealthy than you. He had more opportunity than you. He had more access to things than you did, right? And he says that life is a burden. That's what he says. And the burden of work, please hear this. The burden of working, not just your job or your vocation, but the burden of working on your marriage or working with your kids or working on your church or working, the, the burden of toil is that it doesn't necessarily guarantee anything. We're not saying that we shouldn't work hard, but it's not always a one-to-one -one correlation. It's not a guarantee. Because you and I, even though we're called to work hard, and there's certainly some fallout to not working hard. But the truth is, even with hard work, there are no guarantees because we, as much as we don't want to admit it, and I think this is the point that Solomon's trying to unpack, we are ultimately passengers. We're not the driver. We don't like to think of ourselves as that because we think, well, in 2024, if I work hard enough and if I'm just cautious enough and I'm just careful enough, then bad things won't happen and it'll only be onward and upward, right? Everything will be growth. Everything will be increase. Everything will be achievement. Solomon says, not so fast. Here's the point. Even with our toil, even with the burden of work, we're still incomplete without God, without bringing God into the equation, without not just having a relationship with God, that is certainly what's included, but that's the first step. We need to have a relationship with God, but how many of us don't necessarily lean into that relationship with God. We, we have saving faith, but we don't always take action on our faith. We don't always put our faith at the forefront of the way we think about our lives. And that's the danger. We become distracted by the burden and toil and think, well, if I work hard enough, then good things are going to happen. Okay, maybe. But more importantly, what if you and I lean into our faith and realize that we're incomplete without God, even if we're working hard, even if we have this burden and this toil, even if we're putting in the labor, we're still incomplete without God. And then verse 11, this is a beautiful phrase, and it's one of those phrases that you know is in the Bible, you may not have known where. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything is beautiful in its time. 
maybe we would say something like, I hope 2024 is a beautiful year. Well, guess what? If God is the driver and we're the passengers, and there are things that he brings into your 2024 or my 2024, even though it might not be what we wanted and it might not be what we were working for, when there are things that happen to us that God was clearly in control of, it's possible that it is beautiful even though we don't want to see it as beautiful. We don't want to think of it as beautiful. I think there are a couple of other observations here. The right thing at the wrong time is not beautiful. The right thing at the wrong time is not beautiful. By the way, that's why sometimes God doesn't give us what we want. I think sometimes we don't realize that God tells us no because he's really saying not yet. Not yet. It's about timing. Sometimes it's not direction. Sometimes it's just timing. The truth is we can miss beauty. I want you to hear this, especially if you're stubborn like me, right? We can miss beauty if we're already convinced that it's not there because we don't want to look for it. And if we do look for it, we're not going to see it. We've decided that it's not there. The key to fulfillment in 2024 is not going to be the changes that come or the seasons that end or the new seasons that begin or trying to manipulate which seasons end and how do I minimize the ones that I don't like and maximize the ones that I do like and how do I manipulate what's going on around me. I mean, you need to work hard and be faithful, but ultimately, no matter what happens to you, the key is going to be for you and I to trust God's will and to trust God's timing and to find beauty in what he brings to us. And then the last part of verse 11, we'll end with this. Solomon says, also, he, that's God, has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He put eternity in our hearts so we know that there's a bigger picture. And, you know, this is another one of those phrases from Scripture that we quote without always remembering the context or, or even where it's located. He's put eternity in the hearts of man, right? Men and women, even if we're not sure about God or the church or the Bible, we don't have any kind of saving faith, right? We all know deep down that there's a bigger picture. That's why we spend so much time looking for it. And what Solomon says here in the context is he's put eternity in our hearts and yet we don't always get to see it. Now we will see it when we step into eternity, but right now where we are, we don't always see the bigger picture. We walk in the light that we have, we hold God's hand, and we trust his wisdom, and we trust his goodness. In fact, I think it's important to remember trying to understand eternity by bypassing God, going around God or ignoring God, trying to understand eternity and the bigger picture in your own strength is unfruitful and honestly a little bit ridiculous. So you and I should work hard, but our work becomes significant when it aligns with his work. Our work becomes significant when it aligns with what he's up to. Our work becomes significant as it's folded into his bigger picture. And your 2024 will be beautiful if it is fully aligned with his will 
whatever that may bring. Because he's made everything beautiful in its time. And there's a fear of the unknown. I get it. I feel the same way. Some of us really struggle with this. You know, I'd remind you from 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So if you're experiencing ongoing fear, paralyzing fear, sometimes crippling fear, fear is a spiritual thing. And it didn't come from God. Fear is a spirit. And it didn't come from God. So the question I would ask you before we pray is can you trust that no matter how it looks and no matter what happens, 2024 will be good and beautiful because God has arranged it and he will walk with you through it. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your blessings, for your goodness, for your kindness to us, for your wisdom. Uh, thank you for the blessings in disguise that you send because sometimes, truthfully, things happen to us and we don't see the blessing right away. Sometimes it only becomes evident later. Sometimes blessings come through pain. Blessings come through difficulty. Blessings come through struggle. So we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Uh, give us the faith to surrender our 2024 to you. We don't want to be passive. We don't want to be lazy. We want to work hard and we want to be uh, diligent at the right things. We want to work hard, especially at our priorities of being, having good, uh, being good spouses and good parents, uh, also being good friends, uh, engaging in the kingdom through the local church, your kingdom, that is, through the local church. Uh, being good employees, God, being good business owners, being good community volunteers. Uh, we want to do all those things, but we don't want everything to fit under the umbrella of your leadership, your wisdom, and ultimately your will. That all begins with faith. So give us the faith to trust our 2024 to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks.